Welcome to Belief Beat, where we talk about things that matter with people who matter. I'm John Horner Eibler. I'm your host for this week. Thanks very much to Matt Griepentrog, who's doing our technical stuff in the background. And I'm joined by three people who I'm really excited uh, to share with you and have a conversation with. Uh, so I'm sitting in kind of the meeting room at Cross Lutheran Church, one of our partners in Milwaukee, with Sheila McKinley, who's the dental coordinator at the Bread of Healing Free Clinic. Uh, also with Diane Hill Horton, uh, who is the person at the front desk and is the first person I think that people frequently encounter when they call or come into the clinic. And then finally with Kathy Neverman, uh, who's the nursing coordinator or director uh, for the clinic. Uh, so if you listen to one of our uh, previous podcasts uh, with someone named Barbara Horner Eibler, who just happens to be my wife, um, uh, she's also with the clinic and she talked about the history of the clinic and tried to just take a start at how in a country that spends as much as our country spends on health care, um, with hundreds of insurance and plans available, uh, with the Affordable Care Act, um, I think being something that people are very aware of, both because of all of the support it received and also all the opposition it received. We're very aware of all of these resources, and yet we're also very aware that frequently people are, are not able to either access or afford health care in this country. And that's one of the reasons uh, why the clinic exists. And, and Barb just kind of, uh, uh, you know, got a start on that. And, and so we thought it would be a really good follow-up to, to talk to uh, as many people as we could at the clinic. We only, we only have two microphones, and we figure we can only stretch them around to four people. So uh, between me and uh, Sheila and Diane and Kathy, we figured, well, that could still be a really good conversation about what is day-to-day -day, uh, life at the clinic like, and, and in their particular jobs, uh, who do they connect with, what are some of the cool achievements on any given day, and what are some of the challenges on any given day. So it is super good to have you here, Kathy and Diane and Sheila. And uh, if it's okay with all of you, you kind of have to start randomly someplace. And, and so I'm going to go in, in Diane's direction. And um, so, Diane, you're kind of this first voice, this first face that uh, people encounter. And I would think Bread of Healing is like any place that's medical. And so people come, sometimes they're not feeling good, sometimes they're really anxious. It's not maybe a place they're used to being. You're the one who kind of gets to absorb all of that. Tell us what that's like for you. Well, um, first I'd like to say um, that I am so grateful for the Bread of Healing Clinic. I'm truly grateful. It is something that is needed in our community, and I feel blessed to even just be working here. But I, I, people do call me, and I am the first person usually that they speak with, and I want to present to them uh, a feeling of welcome, even on the phone. I want them to feel like, and I'm, I'm thankful, and I know that they are too, that they, they reached the Bread of Healing Clinic. A lot of people don't even know about the Bread of Healing Clinic. So um, I just think that um, the encounter that I have with them um, lets them know that this clinic is for them. People that are here, everyone that works here is truly dedicated to their health and their welfare. I believe that with all of my heart. Um, so sometimes people come, they are very anxious. Um, we have a lot of people that come from different countries that aren't familiar with our facility, 
that don't even know what we do and what we don't do. And I tell people that if we can't do it, we can source it out. We're going to find help for you some way or form. I try to make them feel comfortable. I try to be as kind as I can to them so that they know that this clinic is for them. I, you know, as you were talking, I was just thinking of maybe somebody, especially when you mentioned people coming from uh, other parts of the world, uh, so there are language challenges, I would presume? Yes. Is it also, is it a good thing or a bad thing to be in a church building, do you think? I think it's a good thing. I think yeah. it's a safe place. Mm -hmm. it, I think it's safe. And, I mean, I feel like when you come to the church, you're safe. This is a safe place for you. And so and I think they feel safe. And a lot of people are, are uh, Christians and Muslim. It doesn't matter, but the church is safe, I think, for everyone. And I think people feel that all over the country all over the world that you can go to a church and feel safe. I mean, of course there's conflict, but I think that church is a yeah, safe place. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Mm -hmm. And uh, how about languages? Like, language how, is not, how do you deal with that? It's not, we have, uh, we have what we call, we have a language, um, a machine that interprets so many different languages. And so we can speak with you in Hmong, we can speak with you in Chinese, we can speak with you in Spanish, and then we have a lot of Spanish uh, translators as well. And then sometimes you'll get someone from Israel who can who, who speaks. It doesn't. We don't let that stop you because of your language. Okay. There's a, you don't. There's no language barrier here. Okay. I think we can handle it. You speak the human language, eh? Yes. Yes. Cool. And there's love here. That's key. That's a, that's that a is pretty key. universal language. Yeah, also. that's pretty universal. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll come back to you. Um, Sheila, can I switch over to you? And uh, so Sheila handles uh, uh, coordination of dental services at the clinic, and uh, that runs. So I, I should say that Bread of Healing is located in three different church buildings in different parts of kind of the north and east sides of, of the city. And so... Uh, Cross Lutheran uh, Travelers Rest uh, Church, which is at about 40th and Florist, and then uh, Eastbrook Church, which is at about Green Bay and maybe what would be the cross street there? 53rd. 53rd or, or Villard, okay. Um, but the dental services are offered exclusively at Travelers Rest, if I have that correct. Um, so Sheila... What typically brings somebody to Bread of Healing for the dental services? I'll just kind of lay that out there and kind of let you talk all things dental. Well, for us, the um, dental clinic works closely with the medical clinic. So they have to be a patient with the medical clinic first. Um, and then we get a referral from the medical clinic for them to be seen in dental. And one of the plus signs for us is that we work very close with the medical clinic because a lot of times you'll have people that only want to see a dentist and won't go to the doctor mm -hmm. or you'll have go to the doctor and they don't want to be seen by a dentist because either they've had a bad experience with the dentist. So we work hand in hand. So um, if a person comes in and I see that they haven't been seen in the clinic in maybe three or four months, that's a red flag for me. So I'm going to notify someone in the clinic and also put it in their chart um, and also be able to make an appointment with that patient to make sure you need to see a doctor, you know, so working both together and then also just helping them to understand how important their teeth is. It's very important because it affects their, 
their 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 body it affects everything about them so being able to work with the clinic i think is a plus sign for us it's not just like telling the patient well, you need to go see your primary doctor and we don't know if they ever follow up or not but i'm able to make sure hey you didn't keep your doctor's appointment you got to do that so that's one of the plus signs i think one of the other plus signs for dental is that they do the the blood pressure check there are so many people that come here that don't even realize that they have high blood pressure or low blood pressure. And I think because of what the dental clinic does, that's a plus uh, for the patients that come here. Would you say so, Sheila? Absolutely, yes. I was going to say, as um, so I don't know if this is true. I'm thinking this is probably true. I think people in general maybe have even more anxiety about dental than they do about oh medical God, yes. for the most part. So I would think a lot of the people you're encountering are either nervous or maybe maybe angry based on past experiences. Um, I'm just curious how you, how you don't take that personally. Oh, we have so much fun at the clinic. Like we laugh all the time. And I think the patients feel that. They feel that joy. They feel that happiness. It's like everybody, like, we, I've never experienced a bad day, ever, um, working at the Bread of Healing. Like, we have so much fun. And then our, our volunteer dentist, Dr. Mark Kenfield, he's such an amazing man. Like, he's so kind, and he's so patient, and he's, he's thorough. Like, he'll explain everything from beginning to end. So once that patient comes, and we, we can tell when they're nervous. We can tell when their blood pressure is up because they're coming to see us. So, but we're able to give them that peace and reassure them, hey, you know, we're here to help you. And just the testimonies from people not having a smile and how it affects them personally and their um, um, just not, like they don't feel good about themselves. Like we had one young lady, she couldn't get a job. She had no teeth at all. She couldn't get a job. She was, marriage was bad. And, just, and, and I think it's ministry for us. Like we're able to talk about God. We're able to talk about what's going on in their life and to help them. And she's like, she's like, I can't get a job. Everybody, as soon as I opened my mouth, this was like pre-COVID, as soon as I opened my mouth, no one wants to give me a chance. And so we were able to help her and we were able to get dentures for her. And when I tell you the transformation, like the next time I saw her, she had cut her hair. She had put uh, streaks in her hair. She was smiling. And, I'm, and to me, that brought tears to my eyes because we literally transformed this woman's life. We literally was a blessing to her. And then she was able to find a job. She said, Sheila, I got a job. She was so happy. She told me things were going better in her marriage. Like, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Like, I feel like we have accomplished something. We have not only helped people, but we've always shared the good news of the gospel of who Jesus Christ is as well, and being able to help them and just impact their lives. I'm so glad you, you shared all that. You know, because my question, and I'm, you know, I think, Somewhat accurately, I kind of focus on what's what's hard when people come in, but I'm just really glad you jumped to what's cool about when people leave and when you've been able to, I mean, make such an amazing difference. And I'm sure not every day is that big a thing, but but every day is people being respected and loved and helped in some way, and that's that's pretty cool. You never have had a bad day at the Brando Healing Clinic. Hey, Matt, have we ever had a bad day at Unity Lutheran Church? I'm pretty sure we've had some bad days at Unity Lutheran Church. Speaking of Unity Lutheran Church, Kathy is, is a member at Unity Lutheran Church, uh, which is really cool. And, and Kathy, so you do 
coordination of all the nursing at all three sites. Uh, one of the sites is open six days a week, uh, ultimately, right? All, over all three over, of them. Overall, right. Correct. Um, uh, it's a mix of, of paid staff and volunteers. That's correct. That's a lot of different people at a lot of different times and a lot of different places. Uh, tell me what that's like for you and how do, I guess for a, from the patient standpoint, how do you create any kind of continuity of care and, and, and how that feels to them when they come? That's a great question. Um, we do have a lot of volunteers. Most of our volunteers are pretty consistent. So they get to know patients on a, on a certain day. And as far as working with them, it's important that I have them come to me. I, I need, we need volunteers. We are a volunteer driven organization. Um, and the two ladies that you just listened to, the three of us, I feel we really run this clinic minute by minute. It's not a, it is a minute by minute thing. I sometimes feel like we have three, sometimes four exam rooms, like a, like an air traffic controller, like Dr. Barb's in there, you know, this patient's in here. Okay, this one's waiting. Who can see this one over here? And I want to know where everyone is as far as staff and patients at all times. So it really is. And without Diane and I work very closely together because if, if that person doesn't get a return visit, then all of a sudden they show up and we don't have medicines ready for them. So it's really a, it's a juggling act. Um, and it is definitely a volunteer-driven physician and uh, nurse, and we have a volunteer physical therapist, volunteer cardiologist, um, as Sheila said, the dentist. It's an amazing place to work, um, absolutely amazing. And I think that the patients feel that, whether they're seeing someone brand new uh, a nurse that's brand new, like Sally Thomas, who's one of our members, is is a, a volunteer now, uh, retired RN, and she's just getting to know people, uh, patients that come here. So um, I think everyone, it's it's the internal love that we have for what we do that comes out in the care that we give people from Sheila, who now is a dental assistant, as well as a dental coordinator, like, you know, do you want this sharp thing or this sharp thing for that? <laughs> so we, everyone pitches in. There isn't a, what's beautiful to me is there's not a hierarchy here. I can find Dr. Barb sweeping floors or shoveling. She would probably rather shovel. Oh, yeah, shoveling. Sho yeah, shoveling. And then you can find, you know, a volunteer that's working at a high, much higher level. It's, it's just amazing that we're all here. We all have that that same goal is great patient care that and we like each other don't we <laughs> don't <laughs> so we? I, I i hope that answered some of your questions yeah, yeah. no no i i i uh answered it really well uh, but it caused me to remember that i probably got to get ahead of myself a little bit in all of this and that i didn't let any of you kind of talk a little bit about yourselves so uh let's kind of go back uh, through the group, and we'll, we'll start with Kathy and work our way around. Um, how is it that you came to to be here? Uh, what do you think you contribute to being here, and then what has it given you? Sure. Um, well, I've been 
I've been at Bread of Healing a, a long time, um, probably longer than 15 years, maybe 16, 17 years, in a volunteer capacity right at the beginning. And the reason that I found Bread of Healing was because my pastor, in a very nice way, pretty much every weekend, says something like, you blessed people out here, you need to get out and share with the rest of the world, and there's this clinic, and I'm a nurse, and so um, I started just coming on Tuesday afternoons because I had another job, and then um, the Florist Avenue, um, it was Florist Avenue at the time, now it's Traveler's Rest, that clinic management was open, so then I started getting paid for like five hours a week. And then Rick Caesar, um, who was one of the coordinators here, retired, and then I applied and got the job. So I'm actually an Aurora employee, um, but I'm here full-time for all three of the clinics. This, this clinic is awesome. I mean, I, what does it give me? It probably gives me more than it does the patients here. Um, I go home actually feeling like I made a difference in people's lives um, versus other jobs that you might have in the world. I think all of us at this table, for whatever we're doing, feels that same way. It is, um, it is just amazing what, what you see, the survival that you see of people that not only don't have medical insurance, but they don't know sometimes how they're going to get groceries. They're, they're, we have a food pantry here. We can give them some groceries. Uh, just this morning, there was a patient that came in with her granddaughter and the granddaughter's mom sold the granddaughter's nebulizer and so now she doesn't have a nebulizer well I, can can the granddaughter have a nebulizer sure i mean and it's uh, there's very much you guys would probably agree god things happening all the time like if that was our ne last nebulizer we'd get another one uh, donated next week it just you don't even think about it because god just works he just works that way so i just talk way too much so. uh None of you talk too much. You've all got awesome things to say. But uh, Diane, how about you? How did how did you get connected to the clinic? What what's your gift to the clinic, and what does it give back to you? Well, um, I was a medical assistant for many many years, and um, Sheila happened to be um, one of my neighbors, um, and and I truly love her. And so we met at a service, and she was telling me how awesome the job was she had. And so I was thinking because I had retired and I thought, is it really that good? She said, yeah. And I said, um, well, you know, I'd want to work somewhere where I don't have to be stressed out and I'm doing something. And she was said, well, if we have anything, I'll let you know. And so she um, told me about the, the job. It was, uh, she told me about the job. And so when I came, and so my girlfriend, I said, I'm not doing a resume. I don't feel like that crap. I'm not doing that if it's that tedious I'm not I don't want it so I put what I did on three sheets of paper so when I got here Rick Caesar was here I gave I said you know what I don't have a resume I wrote it on three pieces of paper here it is and that's just the way I presented it and he presented back to me oh well that's great because I wrote this on three pieces of paper the responsibilities of this job and here it is <laughs> so when Rick and I got done talking I said so you're going to let me know? He said, let you know when you walk down the stairs you had the job. So, and it was temporary. And so I didn't realize that. I thought I was in here. And then uh, a few months later, Dr. Barb comes, and she's looking at me. And so she's telling me, you know, we really like you. Do you want to stay? And I'm thinking, 
yeah, I'm going to stay. So it just didn't dawn on me. And so then I sat down and I, I prayed. I thank God for it. And I said, I think she just offered me a job. So I go back to her. And I said, so you giving me a job? And I just hugged her because I thought I already had the job. <laughs> so I feel real thankful. When I come here every day, I pray before I get out of my car. And I just ask God to give me something, some kind, something for somebody else. And I am very, I just talk. And so when people call here, that's why Sheila says she has fun. She's sitting in the back laughing at me, making appointments and counseling because I'm very truthful. Somebody calls and says, I've been calling you for, for a month and I didn't get through. And I'm like, you ain't called here for a month because we answer the phone every day. That's not true. And they just laugh, and I think I don't think anything's wrong with it. <laughs> They're laughing, but I just want people to feel comfortable, and I want to feel comfortable with them. I don't want them to be, if they're sick, I want them to know that this is a place to come. And I tell everybody, you have come to the right place. I tell them that when they call for to make an appointment, you've made the right choice, you've come to the right place. And if someone calls and they're hesitant, and I try to be encouraging, I try to tell people, you know, like one guy called just the other day, and he said, I don't want them, I don't want to do that rectal thing, that rectal exam. And I said, you know what? Yes, you do. Because I'm a true witness that that, it helps. I had colon cancer. I know that wow. you can survive it. I know what God can do, and you need to take it. You are a male. You are 50 years old. It is something that you need to do. And he said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I said, you need to do it. And so even just by encouraging people to do stuff like that, like when people come and say, oh, I got, you got blood, make sure you take your blood pressure medication. It's important that you take it. You got grandkids, you want to see them, make sure you take your medication. And people are thankful for that. And I think that's what we need to encourage people to do the right thing. And I think by doing that, um, they'll be encouraged. Yeah. And then, too, you know, I always tell them if someone comes in, they're hesitant, I want to pray with you, I'm going to pray with you. And I can, we can do that without anybody even knowing, you know, and I want people to be comfortable. This is a place that you can come and be comfortable, and it's a place that I can witness to people without being ashamed. Not ashamed, but just like people looking at you crazy, mm -hmm. you know. Or other places. So. Yeah, other places. Well, we just want to pray in the middle of the, it's okay here. Yeah. It's okay. I would just think a big part of respect is just being straight with people. Uh, and yes. everybody gets that. I mean, just yeah. be straight with me. And then, yeah. 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 Um, and to pray with people. What a, yes, when we need It's a great it. gift, and mm -hmm. I such an underutilized gift in mm -hmm. healing, I think. Right. It, it's just about so many different things. Um, Sheila, how about you? How did you come here? <laughs> what do you get out of it, and what, what's a gift you <laughs> offer to the place? I can honestly say that God led me here. I had an injury, a shoulder injury. I had just lost my job after 17 years, making $70,000 a year. And I hurt my shoulder. I didn't have any insurance. And one of my friends says, she said, Sheila, there's a clinic called Breda Healing. She said, go there. I was hesitant about going because sometimes people look down on you when you don't have insurance and things of that nature. So that's how I kind of felt. I'm like, no. I said, OK, I'll go. And I didn't go. And then a second person told me about the bread of healing. I said, okay, I'm going to go. And I still didn't go. And then the third person was my daughter. She goes, mom, there's a clinic called the bread of healing. I said, okay, God, I'm going to go. <laughs> and so I came and I just, I met Penelope. 
um, mm. and she was just like amazing, and she was so kind, and she was so sweet. And then I ended up talking to one of the social worker interns, and I was talking with him, and he was sharing his testimony. I was sharing my testimony with him. I told him I had just wrote a book, and uh, we got to talking, and he said, so he ended up telling Rick about me. And so um, Rick sent me like three job things, and he said, I heard you're an amazing person. He said, um, you know, look at these jobs, see which one you want. And so I came, and I thought I was coming for an interview, he started taking me around, just started in, just uh, um, in, you know, meeting people and stuff. And then he turned around. And he said, "Oh, well, you know, by the way, you got the job, right?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay." So it was just like, and immediately that day, the pain in my shoulder went away, mm-hmm. went away. And so I was like, I was like, God, thank you so much. Like this is such an amazing place to work. And like I said, at the end of the day, like I feel like I've accomplished something. And I even got a job offer like about seven months ago to make as much money as I was making before. And I'm like, no. I said, I'm happy where I am. I thank the person, you know. I said, no. I said, at the end of the day, like, money doesn't mean that much to me because God has always provided. But, no, I'm happy. Like, I'm happy because I know we're making a difference in people's lives in our community, and it's so needed. And for me to be a part of that, that's a blessing to me. Mm-hmm. No amount of money can replace that. If you're listening, you keep us... We occasionally refer to this person named Rick. We'll just have to do a podcast with Rick sometimes because uh, Rick is a great person and also a fairly entertaining person if you've not met him, and uh, that, that's probably a podcast in itself. Hey, Sheila, as long as, as, as you were just talking, let's um, um, thanks for sharing that, by the way, and, and what, a, what an amazing gift you are, and, and it's awesome to hear that the place is a gift to you, too. Uh, however, it is a free clinic, which I think means it does not have infinite resources, so I think there are some limits. In the, in the dental area, what are some of the limits, and when you hit the limits, then what, what's next for, for a patient who comes here? So, yeah, there's a lot of things that we can't do, like certain extractions we can't do. Um, it needs a, um, a surgeon to do those things. But, you know, if it's something that we can't do, we don't end our services there. So we make sure that we get the referrals. We try to find a place that they can go. If we refer them to a place and that place still can't do it, so then now I'm working with social, social service. And now I'm working with them, and then they're taking that extra step to find a surgeon that is willing, that works with the clinic, and um, get those services done. So just because we can't do it doesn't mean that our, 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 we just say, okay, we just push you out there, you just find help the best way you can. No, we make sure that we follow up with the patient. We make sure that they get what they need. I make the follow-up calls and say, you know, did you go? Did you get your tooth, get that tooth extracted? And they'll say, yeah, or no, or whatever. And then we go from there. And so, yeah, there's, there's some things that we cannot do, but we try to make sure that they get all the services they need. I mean, a big part of this clinic in, in all areas is, is all the connections you have to people beyond this place who are still... Uh, potential sources of help, even if, if mm-hmm. it can't be done in, in the clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Diane, tell us a little bit. So you're, you're the face and the voice that people meet a lot. Uh, <clears throat> what challenges do you encounter? Uh, I would think sometimes you hit no-shows. Uh, people, you know, maybe somebody says take your meds and they don't take their meds. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, all of that. Well, well um, 
That's a good good question. Well, when people um, when people make appointments and they don't show for their appointments, if I have the time, I will call that patient and say to them, "You didn't make your appointment today. Do you want to reschedule?" Some will say yes, and some will say, "I'll give you a call." And so. Um, what we do at that point is I usually will try to remember and if I can remember then I and you know my memory is like you know how memories are so I try to call them back give them give them call them back and then when they do call back and make their appointment I say to them you need to be write this down and that's why they say laugh because I say go get a pencil write this down so that we don't miss our appointments because when you miss an appointment you're taking away from someone who could have had that appointment. And I think it's mo this is a free clinic, and what people do here is amazing. I thought when I came here that there would be, it would be rowdy. I really did. I thought people would be in here just cutting up. But that has not happened. Every doctor here is considerate. They are kind, um, and they want exactly what I want, and that's the best possible care that we can give this patient who does not have health insurance, I've been there paying $358 a month for insurance. Did not know about this place. Had I known, I'd been right here. But I know how God works. And because I wasn't here, it still didn't stop anything. He kept right on sending the patients. And then now that I'm here, I am just so, so thankful and so grateful. I am so, God, so glad that God led me here because I feel good every day. I feel good when I can make an appointment. And my job, too, is to call people and remind them of their appointments. And first I thought, oh, that's so humdrum, just calling people. But now I think it's one of the most important jobs that we have here, and I do it, and I'm thankful, and I'm glad I do it. And if I have to do it on a Sunday, I do it. And if I have to do it on a holiday prior to, I do it because I think it's important. And I know that when I don't do it, like I was off one Tuesday, when Thursday, it had three people right away say, Diane, you must have been sick because I didn't get a call from you. So I felt like, okay, this is working. You know what I mean? People are expecting their call. So um, I am probably got off the subject. I don't even know where I was because I just go. <laughs> but that's just Everybody me. was along for the ride, Diane. Yeah. I mean, we, we followed it. We followed it. Okay. All right. It <laughs> moves me over to Kathy. Something Kathy said before, I, I was just kind of struck by, like, how resources just kind of come out of nowhere. I can't tell you how often Barb comes home and, you know, that's what she says. You know, something just happened today. I can't believe this happened because, like, we didn't have it. And also, here's like was. another specific example. So, a week ago, a week ago today, one of our pharmacy students, and we have these Appy students, so they're like a month away from being real life pharmacists, right? So, we have a patient who has interstitial lung disease, which is a, which is an, uh, you, an, un an incurable disease where your lungs basically turn to cement over a period of time. The tissue just hardens. So he was going through the different, um, the different medications that are new medications. They're kind of out there, but they're like, you know, $11,000 a month. So we're like, okay, well, that's going to be really hard. Even filling out a patient assistance program might be hard. I'm not kidding you, and I'm not kidding you. The very next day, this medication was available on direct relief, and we got, like, a year's worth of medications. And, and you, you know, it's you that are listening to this are like, oh, that's so amazing. 
it's like a regular thing for us. This, you know, you it's it it this kind of stuff really does happen here. Maybe it happens everywhere, but I've seen it happen here just multiple times. Um, you guys too, I know. Um, so we have um, several type one diabetics that um, don't like needles. Like nobody really likes needles, right? So they're not checking their blood sugars. They're getting all out of whack. And we, um, I think through um, Unity, we got some extra money for some continuous glucose monitoring. So it's that thing you stick on your upper arm. You don't have to poke yourself anymore. And the two people that I know of, their their numbers, their A1Cs, that diabetic uh, gold standard numbers has come way down because we're looking at the data through this, this continuous glucose monitor that says, oh my gosh, I'm just gonna say, oh my gosh, uh, Bill, you are high every day at 11 p.m. What the heck are you doing? Oh, I always have a cup of pineapple before I go to sleep. Well, Bill, <laughs> you, you really shouldn't do that or cut it in half or know that this is happening because look at the spike. And so it's just amazing that we can change, and it's changed his life. His, his A1C has gone from like consistently high, like 10, 11, down to seven. It's um, we're doing amazing things here and things that that other clinics, you know, could look at clinics that take insurance could look at. Um, another thing we're able to do is we don't bill out. So if a patient needs an hour of a doctor's time, we can do that. We don't have to. He doesn't that doctor doesn't have to be out in 15 minutes. Um, we also have behavior. We have a lot of things, behavior health. that's just amazingly reaching people in this anxiety-ridden um, society that we're living in. Um, and they are full to capacity, and there's probably seven or eight of them. So that tells you how... how so this would be counseling? This would be counseling, yes. Okay. This would be counseling. Um, so did, did I ramble too? Did, was I just rambling, Diane? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. All right, let's take I, it. Apparently, take apparently Barb hooked me up with... Uh, <laughs> The, the three most talkative people at the clinic. <laughs> the so, so uh, you are all awesome. Um, so let's end here. I think hope is always a great place for the people of God to end. Um, so why don't we go, Kathy, great. Diane, Sheila, just kind of an order, and I won't interject between is, each this, of you. This has been said many times at this clinic. But what's but your I, hope? I hope I lose my job here. Okay, explain I that. I hope the clinic closes. I hope we everyone gets the medical, um, emotional, uh, psychological, dental care that they need um, through however, and we don't, have to, um, we don't have to be here to do that. Well, my hope is that um, we continue to do what we're doing and that we do it um, as Christians would do it. And uh, we give it one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit that this... this that this place continues if we need it, um, and it is so needed in this community. And I hope that I would win a million dollars. That's the truth. And I would build you the nicest, the biggest clinic you could ever have. That's my hope. Oh, we're hoping that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, 2023, I'm a prayer warrior, so... 2023, the Lord just showed me how he's coming through like a freight train. And literally, I see it happening. Like, literally, 
I can pray about something. I tell people, you can pray about something at 8 o'clock. By 8.05, God is answered. That's just how powerful he is. We, our faith and our trust is what moves the hand of God, and he will always bring increase to whatever we need. Bread of healing is always number one on my prayer list. Daily, you know, praying that we get whatever we need, that God would bring increase to that, and that we can continue to serve our community, serve our people, um, letting them know, hey, that God loves you, we love you, and your health is what we care about. So that's I, my hope is that God will just continue to bring increase to the Bread of Healing Clinic. Can I just say one more thing? We're ta we've talked a lot today um, in this about how we're giving, you know, we're helping people that, you know, need help, and that's true. But I think all three of us could say that there are multiple times during every day where we get stuff from the patients. Like, it can be tangible, like the name of an author that, oh, this is a really great author, because you do get up on tangents with people, or have you listened to this musician or whatever. But we also, we learn so much from the people that we minister here at this clinic, um, so much. Just for, the, for us, like, um, during COVID, like, we were a family. Like, we lost loved ones. We lost patients. We, I, we just recently lost our dental assistant. I took that so hard because we worked so close with her. And just the comfort that God gave us during this time and that we had that support from each other. And Dr. Barb, you know, made sure, hey, let's have our meetings. What's, what's on your heart? What, what, what do you need to talk about? What are you going through? What are you feeling? You know, like that, we were a family. Like, we cared about each other. We was able to sit down, and I was able to cry and say, you know, I lost people from church. People I thought I, I, I didn't know that we weren't going to see anymore. And I never thought that we would see the church doors closed. So it was a big um, transition for us, but we had each other, and we loved on each other, and we got through. And I just want to applaud everybody that just, we supported each other. I suspect that's what the people who come here can feel. I mean, how do you explain something like that? But I think you can feel it, mm -hmm. and I think people feel that uh, here lots of times. Um, I'm just always struck in, in the Gospels that Jesus, I mean, so much of his ministry was about healing, and so frequently he, I, I think we think of him as reaching out to the people who've been pushed kind of to the sides mm -hmm. of the society, um, and I think a lot of times we think, well, what did what they do to end up on the on the edges, and and actually sometimes it's because other people pushed them to the edges, mm -hmm. and and they are um, they need somebody willing to open the door, and they need somebody who uh, recognizes that they should have been respected all along, mm -hmm. and shouldn't have been out there. Um, and one little clinic doesn't change all of that, but. Uh, one little clinic can change a little bit of it, and Jesus worked one person at a time a lot of times. So uh, I'm so thankful for uh, the three of you working one person at a time and together as a family uh, to reach out uh, through the, the ministry and the work of the Bread of Healing Clinic. I think if you're listening to this and, and, you, and you didn't listen in on uh, the one with Barb Horner-Eibler, that, that would, putting them together I think would be really good, kind of gives you the sense of the overview and then some of the specifics of how uh, Bread of Healing Clinic works. Uh, I so appreciate you listening and um, uh, at Unity, if you're a member there, uh, talk at any point 
uh, to Pastor Muriel. She's kind of the one who leads up our uh, partnership ministries. And we've got a lot of people at the church who uh, know a lot about the clinic because they've been here. Uh, so thanks so much for listening to Belief Beat. And we hope you'll join us again uh, real soon. Bye for now.